What are the toughest games on the Longhorn schedule this year? What are the easiest games on the Longhorn schedule this year? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your 2023 goals. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode of Locked On Longhorns brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. And on today's episode of Locked On Longhorns, we are ranking the toughest games on the Texas football schedule this year, from one being the toughest to 12 being the easiest with analysis for every pick in between. Also, the Texas basketball team, a few weeks away from the Big 12 Conference Tournament, picked up a tough overtime win in the Red River rivalry over Oklahoma on Saturday. Their next game is tomorrow night in the Moody Center against Iowa State. We talk about where this team is ahead of the Big 12 and NCAA tournaments. And then also the Texas baseball team, Started their season over the weekend. Not a great start. 0-3 against three future SEC mates. We get into that and more on today's episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So on Saturday over the weekend, it's All-Star Weekend. Inside Texas had a story. It may have been from another website, but somebody ranked each schedule in the Big 12, each team schedule in the Big 12, one through, what is it, 14? Right. West Virginia had the toughest schedule in the Big 12. They play Penn State and Pittsburgh out of conference, which is pretty brutal. Now, they don't play Texas. So, I, don't, you know, is it the toughest schedule in the Big 12? I mean, because Texas is the best team in the Big 12. Right. Texas came in at number five and Alabama's doing some pretty heavy lifting. Right. I think if you took at Alabama off and put like, let's just say at Ole Miss on there. I don't even think Texas has a top 10 schedule in the Big 12. If they do, it's like eight, nine or 10. Right. So Alabama's definitely doing some heavy lifting, having them up there at five. And so I said, instead of talking about every team schedule on the Big 12, I don't even have enough time to do that, nor do y'all care, right? Let's talk about the Texas schedule. Let's rank each game on it, toughest one, easiest being 12, one through 12. And I will say that I've been saying since the schedule came out that it was pretty cake. And I do have a little bit more respect for this schedule now. I will say that. I still think Texas should win double-digit games, still should be in the Big 12 Championship. But as I was going through the schedule, I'm like, okay, there's a little bit more meat on here than I thought it was. So without further ado, let's get to it. Number one, the toughest game on the Texas schedule this year, if every Texas fan, employee, player, whatever, right, was to do this exercise, I would expect there to be a unanimous consensus answer, right? It's at Alabama, first of all. Going to an SEC environment like that on the road to Tuscaloosa, you can't overstate how tough that's going to be, right? Even though Texas is better equipped to beat Alabama than they were last year and probably in any year over the last 10 years, right? With what you have coming back in this game, I still think it's going to be really tough. Obviously, Alabama loses Bryce Young. He may be the best quarterback in school history, right? They lose Jameer Gibbs. That's a huge loss at running back. They lose Will Anderson, one of the best defensive players in the country. But they bring back Dallas Turner. It's Nick Saban, right? You know they're going to be well coached. You know they're going to have one of the best defenses in the country. And I think on offense, whether it's Jalen Milrow at quarterback or Ty Simpson, the pieces around the quarterback will be better than they were for Bryce Young. I can't say the offense will be better because Bryce Young was just a magician. It's a reason he'll be a top five NFL draft pick in a few months. But I think 
the pieces on the field will be better. Now, they did bring in two new coordinators. It remains to be seen how much that'll change. I still think it's Nick Saban's show, and I think Alabama will roll, right? And they'll be really good. But like I said, it just depends on, you know, how improved Texas is, and you really won't have a chance to see it because the week before you play Rice. So I think Texas has a good chance to win this game, but I still think by a good margin, this is the toughest game on Texas schedule next year. You talk about Oklahoma. I have them at number two. And I know a lot of y'all, Oklahoma, you know, groaning and moaning, whatever, right? I know we beat them 49-0 last year. That is an anomaly. When you look at every game, even when Oklahoma was dominating the Big 12 and dominating Texas, Texas fans felt like we had a chance going into that game every year. You throw the blue chip ratio out the window. You throw the record out the window. This is a tough dogfight, right? I think Oklahoma is going to be a lot better next year right everything we said about Sark going into year two has to be the same for Brent Venables in Oklahoma right they bring back the most experienced quarterback in the Big 12 right we can't talk about uh Quinn Ewers being another year in the system and how that benefits Texas and not say how that benefits Dylan Gabriel um if Texas brought in the number three recruiting class Oklahoma brought in like the fifth or sixth there's some players in that class that can play right away they did really well in the transfer portal was probably not being talked about enough and they lost 49 to zero last year in a game that I don't even think they really tried it. Right. The punter running back and tight end had almost as many passes combined as the quarterback did. Right. With Dylan Gabriel on this team this year, hopefully in this game, they'll be a lot better. I think the offense will be more consistent under Levy this year. The defense will be a lot better under Brent Venables next year. And I, I think this might sound crazy. Hear me out before y'all start typing in the comments or saying I'm crazy. and You disagree with me. Oklahoma has the advantage right now, right? These are young college kids. And most of the kids on this Texas football team that will play a big role played in this 49-0 game last year. There's a chance they come in a little bit comfortable. Oklahoma, not at all. They lost 49-0. They're coming in looking for blood. It's going to be a dogfight. I think Texas still wins. I'll never pick Oklahoma to beat Texas regardless. But it's going to be a dogfight. Not to mention this neutral site, the history of this game, 50% of the crowd is Oklahoma. Look, don't get it twisted, right? It won't be 49 to zero this year. It's going to be a dog fight. Number three, I struggled with where to put them, but I got Texas Tech. And I know there's some people that's probably like Texas Tech number three. Just listen. So Texas Tech, for what it's worth, had the same record as Texas last year. They both went eight and five. Texas Tech ended with momentum, beating Ole Miss in the bowl game. Texas ending without momentum, losing to Washington in the bowl game. And I think I just really like what Joey McGuire has brought to this Texas Tech program. He's brought a grit and a toughness that I'm not sure any team in the Big 12 can match. And we saw that firsthand in Lubbock last year where they just came out and punched Texas in the mouth. They said, we're going to go for it on almost every fourth now. And Joey McGuire said after the game to his team, you keep punching them in the mouth and eventually they'll fold. And that's what they did, right? And Texas Tech was really good, that, you know, last year, beating Oklahoma as well, even though it was a, you know, a down year. For the Oklahoma Sooners but if Baron Morton or Tyler Shuck gives them really good quarterback play I could see a scenario where Texas Tech this season is last year's Kansas State while last year's Kansas State was the darling the the dark horse to win the Big 12 I could see that for Texas Tech because you know they do play Oregon out of conference you know that's going to be a tough game but in conference I definitely think this is a Texas Tech team that could make it to the Big 12 championship and when you look at the circumstances surrounding this game, it's going to be the day after Thanksgiving, right? How locked in will this Texas team be a day after a holiday? All right. It's going to be in DKR, you know? And so 
Texas Tech fans are going to travel really well for that game. What type of home field advantage will they have? You're coming off very two very tough road games at TCU and I, Iowa State before that. And this game is likely to have Big 12 championship implications, right? Texas Tech could be playing Texas to see who gets into the Big 12 championship game. Texas Tech may have a chance to knock Texas out of the Big 12 championship game the last week of the regular season. And this is going to be your last regular season Big 12 game before you go to the SEC. Texas Tech would want nothing more than to beat Texas right in their last regular season Big 12 game. So there's just a lot of factors at play here. But the biggest factors are the fact that Joey McGuire has built a really good program. They play with, you know, like I said, more toughness and grit than anybody in the Big 12. And they hate Texas. That's going to be a dogfight. And if Texas doesn't come with 110% energy and effort, Texas Tech will walk out of there with the win. I think that's a really good football team. It really just comes down to what they have at quarterback and Baron Morton and Tyler Shuck. But both of them have shined in limited opportunities when I've seen them. Number four at Iowa State. This really has nothing to do with the talent on Iowa State's roster. One, this is probably your toughest road game. <laughs> your really only serious road game outside of Alabama. Two, Texas has historically struggled with the 3-3-5, and Matt Campbell has had success against Sark and Quinn Ewers last year with that 3-3-5. We'll see how they attack it next year. Will they be able to run them out of the 3-3-5? I can't remember exactly how well we ran the ball against them last year. I know down the stretch we ran the ball a little bit better, but I think overall in the first half, they kind of did a good job stopping that. So without Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson, will Cedric Baxter, Jonathan Brooks, and whoever else be able to establish the run and kind of soften up that 3-3-5 to make plays in the passing game? Also, we talked about quarterback play. They returned Hunter Deckers for what it's worth, almost beat Texas in DKR last year. So they will have competent quarterback play, assuming he takes that next step. And this is going to be a tough road environment in Ames, Iowa, right? And so you don't have too many tough road environments on the schedule. So Iowa State, it really has nothing to do with their roster. It's more so Matt Campbell's success against Texas. Sark has had his struggles against that 3-3-5. We'll see if that's better. Not sure how able we'll be able to – not sure how well we'll be able to run the ball. They return an experienced quarterback, and I think it's going to be a tough road environment in Iowa for the Longhorns. And then also it's after at TCU. So that could be a dog fight. You could be a little wounded going, you know, up against Iowa state and underestimate them. Number five at TCU, right? It's really weird for this to be the number five team considering they just played in the national championship game. Uh, but we know that a lot of that talent, you know, was Gary Patterson's and they're losing a lot of it. Thomas in that corner, uh, D winners at linebacker, Quentin Johnston, one of the best receivers in the country, Max Duggan, who was second, second in the Heisman voting, whether you think he deserved it or not, right? They're losing a lot, you know, on that team. Now, I do think they brought in, you know, one of their best recruiting classes. They brought in three former top 50 players uh, from Alabama and Brockermeyer, Jojo Earl, and then the running back. Uh, so I think this TCU team will be really good. And it just depends on what they have in Chandler Morris, right? But we know Sonny Dykes has a history of doing really well with quarterbacks and so and it's on the road so um i got tcu down at five i don't think they'll be nearly as good as they were last year i don't even think they'll make the big 12 championship game which is kind of crazy going from the national championship to not making your conference championship game but i still have them as the fifth toughest game on the schedule but if texas is who we think texas is they shouldn't have no trouble beating tcu but i do have respect for tcu and sunny dykes uh, i think they'll put up a fight but like i said texas shouldn't lose that game if they are who we think they are kansas state even when Texas was down, Kansas State couldn't beat Texas, right? And last year, the Big 12 champion, Kansas State Wildcats, only lost to two teams, TCU in the regular season and Texas. And I, I just think this Texas team is way better 
than they were last year. And Kansas State, you're losing probably your three best players. Deuce Vaughn, definitely your best player. I'm pretty sure they lost the edge that won Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. And they lost Brent's the corner, who was really good. Now they do bring back Will Howard at the quarterback position. You know, as I've continued to say with all of these teams, if you have an experienced quarterback, that's half the battle in college football. I just don't know if the pieces around them are good enough to beat Texas. And like I said, they haven't been able to beat Texas when they were down. They couldn't beat Texas last year when they were Big 12 champions in their house. I doubt they'll be able to do it with less talent this year coming into DKR. Although they are really well coached, I got Texas winning that game. But I got them kind of smack dab in the middle just out of respect for Kansas State. But like I said, Texas got better. Kansas State got worse. That game is in DKR. I don't think Texas should have trouble with them. Number seven, BYU. This is going to be a tough game just because you're not familiar with them, right? Their first year in the, the Big 12. It's a little sentimental for Sark. You know, Sark is an alum of BYU. So I think that's kind of an interesting game. Um, his last year in the Big 12, he gets to play BYU at home. Keaton Slovis, he was good at USC. Not so great at Pitt last year, uh, but he has a lot of experience at the quarterback position. BYU has a really good run of quarterback play. I think he'll continue that. I think they'll be better on that offense. And then they're going to run that wide zone that we've seen at Baylor for years. That could you know, provide some trouble for the Texas defense if they're not sound and ready to play. So I think Texas should beat BYU, but I definitely think it's going to be a very interesting game. It's also the week after at U of H, you know, so it's a bit, depending on how that U of H game goes, um, you know, depend on what type of energy Texas comes out with against BYU. But uh, I think Texas should beat BYU, but I have them at seven because it's a it's a sneaky game that could give the Longhorns trouble uh, if they don't come in and, and, you know, come in with the right mindset. But I think, you know, the same way that, you know, Sark kind of had that intensity trying to beat Washington, I think he'll come out with that same intensity trying to beat BYU, and Texas should be okay, you know, like I said, if they don't come out and underestimate their opponent, which they don't have any room to do against any team this year. I got eight at Houston. So Donovan Smith transferred there, you know, that he beat us last year at Texas Tech, talking about Joey McGuire earlier where they went six for eight on fourth downs. And his dual threat ability was really the biggest reason that Texas Tech was able to hold on in overtime. And I guess a B. John Robinson fumble as well. <laughs> um, and they have a lot of talent. You know, Dana Holgerson has done some really good offensive things. I, I see that he is not going to bring an offensive coordinator in. They just lost their offensive coordinator to Miami, I think. Um, but they have a lot of talent on this offense, really in the wide receiver room. And they had a down year last year, but they should be better. And we don't know what type of road environment TDECU, TDECU Stadium in Houston is going to provide, right? It could be a crazy, raucous home, you know, home environment for Houston. It could be half filled with burnt orange, right? We just don't know. But I got it down at eight. I don't think Texas should lose this game, but, you know, it could provide some trouble anytime you're on the road, a team you're not familiar with in U of H and, you know, everybody plays up for Texas, but especially an in-state school, they're going to bring it. And so with Donovan Smith having experience already beating Texas last year, I think that's going to play well for Houston. But with Texas losing to Donovan Smith last year, they should come in and be motivated. And come on now, this is our last year in the Big 12. We can't go out of it losing to U of H, right? I got Texas in that game. At Baylor, at number nine, Blake Shapin returns. He's going to be better, but I still think Blake Shapin – is going to either create his own mistakes or you could still force him into some mistakes. And I just think outside of that, Baylor's on the decline, right? I, I don't really see too many other players on this Baylor team that are going to cause Texas too much trouble. Now, Dave Aranda is a defensive mastermind, and we've seen at times when Sark, as a great offensive mind, has gone up against great defensive minds. Typically, the defensive minds have won that battle, 
even if Texas found a way to end up winning the game. And so I think that the Baylor defense can provide a tough battle maybe for Texas in this offense. But I think similar to how last year went, I don't think we'll have to run the ball 22 straight times to win the game at the end. But I think eventually Texas just overpowers them. They're on the road at Baylor, but my sister goes there. And from what I've seen, they don't have a great home field advantage, right? It don't seem like the fans are just too invested in Baylor athletics right now. So um, I don't even think that's a tough road environment. I think Texas is more talented than them at every spot. The only way I could see Baylor competing in this game or possibly winning this game is if Texas underestimates them or Dave Aranda just has a defensive performance for the ages. And with the talent Texas has on offense, I don't even know if that's possible. I got Baylor at number nine, even though it's on the road. Number 10, the Kansas Jayhawks. I talked last week about how they said Jalen Daniels is the third best returning quarterback in the Big 12 after Quinn Ewers and Dylan Gabriel, and he very well might be. But I just, I'm not sold on this Kansas team, right? Last year, they were supposed to be really good. I know they started out 5-0. and I know Jalen Daniels came back in that game and he was a little bit hurt, but I mean, Texas, that game was over in the middle of the third quarter, right? On the road this year in DKR. I don't think Texas should lose to Kansas. Well, they definitely shouldn't lose to Kansas. I don't think Texas, this game should be within two touchdowns, right? I think Texas should beat Kansas by 14 points. If I'm wrong, feel free to come back and tell me I'm wrong. I maybe I'm, I'm sleep. I don't have enough respect for this Kansas team. You can say all of the above, but outside of Jalen Daniels, um, I don't know if they're bringing that running back back. I should have did the research beforehand. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I just don't. This Kansas team doesn't scare me at all, right? Like I said, I don't think Texas should be within 14 points of Kansas at home in DKR. I'm dead serious, right? They should smoke Kansas. They should, they should play every, even though this is probably the last time they're playing Kansas for a while, they should play Kansas every year like they're coming off that loss in 2021, and I think they will, right? I think they, they're they going to smack Kansas, actually. I, I probably should put – no, never mind. All right, 11 and 12. Let me not disrespect Kansas. 11 and 12. You can flip these however you want. I got JT Daniels and Rice at 11 because it's JT Daniels. And I know if anything, he can go out there and spin the ball. I don't know who will be spinning it to, but he can spin the ball. So I got Rice at 11, Wyoming at 12. If Texas loses either one of them games, I'm not watching the rest of the season. So it doesn't matter. Going back through 1 through 12, my toughest to easiest games at Alabama, Oklahoma in the Red River shootout, number three, Texas Tech. At Iowa State, number four. At TCU, five. Six, Kansas State, smack dag in the middle. BYU at home, number seven. At Houston, number eight. At Baylor, number nine. Kansas Jayhawks at home, number 10. Rice and Wyoming in whatever order you want at home in 11 in the 12 spot. Like I said, 10 wins for Texas. Big 12 championship game, still the expectation. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve said goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege to post your job for free terms and conditions apply and if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and the calories then you gotta try a built bar we just got through the holidays and i know my goal is to eat a little bit healthier this year and if you're like me where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste then man i've got just the thing for you you have to try built with built bar healthy is actually tasty seriously they're so delicious you won't think they're good for you perfect for your new year's resolution what makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in amazing flavors like churro, 
peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built bars at Built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. So head to Built.com, whether you're at your desk, on the way to work, wherever. Get your built bars, and if you can't on the website or you want them right right now, then go get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Get your built bars today. So Texas and Oklahoma and basketball never, of course, lives up to the Red River rivalry in football. But recently, this game has been really good. So on Saturday, they were able to beat the Oklahoma Sooners in overtime by two points. Earlier this season in Norman, they beat Oklahoma by one point. And I remember last year, one of the first games I covered, I can't remember if it was in the drum or was in Norman as well. might have been in Norman, but Texas won that game. It went to overtime, but Texas only won that game by one or two points. So really, at least the last three out of the last four matchups have been really close. And this has been a really good game. This game I watched on Saturday between Texas and OU was one of the best college basketball games I've seen in a while. And then following that up with Baylor, Kansas, it was a really good, you know, four hours of watching Big 12 basketball and watching three teams in Texas, Baylor and Kansas that have national championship aspirations and have a realistic chance to win the national championship if everything clicks when they get to the NCAA tournament. I thought this was a really good effort against the Oklahoma team that played them really tough. And whoever came up with the 10 and a half point spread in this game was very mistaken. And if you took Texas minus 10 and a half, Sorry you lost your money, right? But this was a really good game. I think Texas was fortunate that Tanner Groves fouled out when he did. Um, I think he fouled out. He only played 22 minutes. So he fouled out pretty early in the second half. I think that was advantage Texas. He was starting to cook, even though he hadn't made a three yet. Sherfield, he picked it up in the second half. I think all four of his threes were in the second half um, and overtime. And so he ended up with 18 points, including the, you know, the tough three, the tough turnaround three to send it. Uh, to overtime. I had a Marcus Carr prop in, and he hadn't hit it yet, though, so <laughs> you know, I'm glad that the game was overtime. Marcus Carr hit his prop, and then Texas won the game. All right, don't judge me, y'all. Don't judge me. When you look at Texas, Marcus Carr gave you the 17 that he averages. Timmy Allen started off a little bit slow, but ended up giving you 15. Serge Abari Rice got back to his 20 points off the bench. I think that's four out of the last six games now. He scored 20 off the bench, maybe four out of the last five. Um, then Dylan DeSue gave you 12. Let's see, Brock Cunningham, who announced he's coming back for his sixth year. At first, I thought it was a joke. I thought somebody was trolling. He's really coming back for his sixth year. But, I mean, you can never get enough of Brock Cunningham, right? The Brock star. He had 10 points, and he made two threes. So, it was a really good effort. Um, I thought at times they lacked on the defensive end. There were also some times where Oklahoma just made some tough shots. But what I love about this team is they have not lost back-to-back games all year. And when they get down, right, they don't waver, right? Whether it was to Kansas State, TCU, Texas Tech, twice you know Oklahoma now they were down to Oklahoma I think seven points in the earlier game they just don't fold right and that's the mark of an experienced team and that's the mark of a very talented team and that's the mark of a well-coached team by Rodney Terry and the rest of this staff so um, I thought that was a huge win right especially coming off the loss to Texas Tech you cannot afford to lose to an Oklahoma team that even though they played you tough they're one of the bottom teams in the Big 12, you could not afford to lose that game. And I thought Serge Barry Rice, Timmy Allen, and Marcus Carr did everything in their power to make sure that didn't happen. And I think going forward, that has to be the formula, right? Timmy Allen, he 
at times can start off a little conservative, but eventually he gets to his spots and gets his shot off in the mid range. I think Marcus Carr is still having that self-awareness issue where should he be the facilitator or should he be the bucket getter? Right. And too often I'm seeing him kind of pass off the ball at the beginning of the shot clock and then run around and let everybody, you know, take control of the offense. And people are saying that, you know, Serge Ibarra Rice should come off, you know, should stop coming off the bench. He should start. He played 34 out of, well, they went to overtime. So 34 out of 45 minutes, right? But he's averaging over 30 minutes a game, right? He plays starter minutes. And the thing about him coming in off the bench is he knows exactly what his role is, right? When he comes in, he doesn't have to worry, he doesn't have to worry about facilitating. He doesn't have to worry about setting up the offense. He can just come in and get a bucket. And that's what he's been doing recently. Probably a lot for, you know, six man of the year, big 12, six man of the year. But he's really an extra starter for the Longhorns and. With Tyrese Hunter not giving you what you thought you were getting at all this year from him. I mean, he had five, two, and two in 24 minutes. Serge Abari Rice has become that third scorer. And so if you can get anything from Tyrese Hunter or Dylan DeSue and Christian Bishop continue to give you 15 to 20 points in the post, this Texas team is going to be a really tough out in the Big 12 Conference Tournament or the uh, NCAA Tourney. Now, tomorrow night, you lost to Iowa State on the road, bounce back and get that win ahead of a tough matchup against a Baylor team on in Waco on Saturday. And then as far as this Texas baseball team didn't get to see any of the games, it was on some type of streaming service that I know had a lot of y'all upset. <laughs> it was like $30. I don't know what it was. I just didn't get a chance to watch any of these games. They played Arkansas, Missouri, and Vanderbilt over the weekend, lost all three of those games, two to three to Arkansas, five to six to Missouri, and then Vanderbilt busted it open. 12 to 2. I saw that they scored eight runs in like the second or third inning and crewing their grand slam. So we knew that this Texas team would look a lot different this year, you know, losing Ivan Melendez, losing all of the talent they had last year, right? Where they were the favorites to win the College World Series coming into the game. And we knew that this year would be an adjustment and likely it looks at least right now a rebuilding year, but it's only three games into the season, you know. And um, I think the last time that, you know, Texas won a game in the College World Series. The last time Texas made a little bit of run in the College World Series, they started off 0-3. I got to check Kyle Umlang's Twitter, right? He tweeted something about that. Uh, but it's a long season, you know, and 0-3 is not a detriment. It doesn't mean anything, right, if you can bounce back. So we'll see. But either way, you know, we're going to support this Texas baseball team. It doesn't look like they have the team that they did last year. But, you know, baseball is about who gets hot and at the right time, you know. And if this Texas team can gel, if they can get better at pitching, if they can get better at fielding, with eight errors in their first three games, right? If you want to look at any stat that tells you why this team is 0-3, it's eight fielding errors in the first three games. But if they can get that under control, get their pitching better, you know, if the bats get hot at the right time, this Texas team can definitely still make a run. Still got a lot of talent. Just unfortunately, it looks like they don't have the team that they did last year. And probably knowing what we know now with the talent they have probably underachieved. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked on Longhorns, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Day. Hook them. Peace.